107, Michael and Maddie. It is Wednesday morning, January 11th, 2024. Happy birthday to Mary J. Blige. The hit maker and now actress is 53 years old today. Ten years ago, A-Rod dealt the most severe punishment in the history of baseball's drug agreement after it was ruled that the Yankees' third baseman would be suspended for the entire 2014 season. Fifteen years ago, slumdog millionaire and underdog at the Golden Globes that year. Welcome back to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Took home the trophies for Best Drama, Best Director, Best Screenplay, and Best Original Score. Simon Cowell, longtime judge of Fox's singing competition, American Idol, announced he was leaving the show 14 years ago today and would be launching The X Factor here in the United States. 60 years ago today, the Surgeon General issuing a report that said cigarettes were deadly. Fast forward 55 years and Marlboro announced that they were moving away from making cigarettes and towards e-cigarettes. And four years ago today, Chinese state media reported that the first known death from COVID had occurred. The media in China saying that it was a 61-year-old man that was a regular customer at a... Fun 107, Michael and Maddie. Going to be a nice day here in the South Coast for January. We're going to see a lot of sunshine and highs up in the mid-40s. Clearing the way for another storm heading our way for tomorrow night. Bringing your taste of Hollywood right here to the South Coast. And we are here for it. We're spilling the tea with Maddie's entertainment update on the Michael and Maddie Show. The global music industry had a record-setting 2023. More than 4 trillion on-demand audio song streams were downloaded. Unbelievable. The figure represents a 22.3% increase from 2022's 3.4 trillion streams. Um, I mean, still an incredible number. R&B and hip-hop dominated all other music genres, representing over a quarter of total U.S. streams in 2023. That's shocking to me. It is. Uh, rock at nearly 20% followed closely behind among U.S. listeners, while pop songs, 12% of the streams. That, I believe. And probably like 11% of that 12 is Taylor. Probably, yeah. World, Latin, and country ranked as the three fastest growing genres in 2023. And the report also found that millennial and Gen Z listeners in the U.S. more likely to put on foreign language music. I believe that, too, because people like Bad Bunny. Exactly. Huge. Yes. You know? Um, what's that genre called? I'm trying to think. Afrobeats. Afrobeats. Not Afrobeats. Um, it's Latin... Like Latin hip-hop, I guess? Latin... Yeah, I don't know. There's a, I, I got to think of the word. There's a word. but Reggaeton? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Something, something along those lines, yeah. Um, regional Mexican music, a broad term to describe music um, such as mariachi, solidified its global expansion in 2023 with a 60% increase. Interesting. Um, the report also offered more evidence of Taylor Swift's preeminence after she charted one of the biggest years in pop history music. No artist was streamed more last year on Spotify than her. Here we go. Duh. <laughs> in the U.S., one of every 78 streams was her. Yeah. 
Can you imagine being that successful? One in 78 streams out of four trillion streams. And yeah, think about how many options there are. So ridiculous. It's so, so ridiculous. Um, also, also worth mentioning CDs are making a comeback because what? of Gen what? Z. Come on. Because can, can you Gen even Z- buy a CD player? I mean, I'm sure on Amazon or something weird like that, but um, they're looking for ways to commemorate their favorite artists. So similar to like the artwork. So similar to millennials buying records. Yeah. Gen Z is buying CDs. That's weird. But records sound good. Well, I, I don't, I don't like not necessarily to play them. I oh. think people like to just have the record and maybe like use it as wall art or yeah, whatever. That's crazy. You know, it's pretty crazy. I just I think that's so interesting, and I feel incredibly, incredibly old now. <laughs> um, so that's it. They're so vintage, man. They're CDs. So, have you ever heard of this thing? It's called a CD. <laughs> like, how do they even play it? History was made at the Golden Globes when Aria Mia Luberti brought her guide dog along for the ceremony. She's best known for her debut role in a show called All the Light We Cannot See. And she has gained fans all around the world. And she is from Johnston, Rhode Island. Wow. And she is a University of Rhode Island alumna. And she is the first legally blind actress to appear on a red carpet with her guide dog. How amazing is that? I love this. You guys got to see this show. I'm telling you right now, it, I think it's like five episodes, an hour each. It is, out of all the war documentaries I've watched, this one is up there with Saving Private Ryan. Which war is it? World War II? World War II. Yeah. And it's based in uh, France. Yep, based in France. And So it's a mini series adapted from Anthony Doerr's Pulitzer Prize winning bestseller. It follows the story of Marie Laure Liberty, a blind French teenager, and Werner, a German soldier whose paths collide in occupied France as both try to survive the devastation of World War II. It's an incredible story. It's an incredible show, but her story is even more incredible. Uh, She went to URI, and then she got her um, master's, and then she stepped on a production set for the very first time for this show. She had never acted before in her life. Um, She basically answered the call... Um, when this show was looking for somebody visually impaired to play the role. And the the director said, we never thought our path would lead to someone who has not only never acted before, but never auditioned before. It was a jaw drop moment when we first saw her. She's both a natural performer and an advocate for disability equity and representation. When she was at URI, she uh, was a delegate at the UN International Human Rights Summit representing the U.S. and women with disabilities. And the school was saying that she worked really closely um, to advocate for her people. And she said on the carpet that she was very honored to be there. This is the first time there's been an actual guide dog for the blind on the carpet. This is the first time in history we've had authentic representation for a character in a film of the size for all the light we cannot see. And it was my honor to represent my community and my culture. It's never been done before and that's a really big responsibility so the show didn't end up winning but she was the true star alongside miss ingrid miss ingrid is her seeing eye dog and the internet lost their minds just absolutely loved it uh she spoke with entertainment tonight on the red carpet and she was adamant that miss ingrid got a question on the red carpet will the dog stay for the whole show what is her name what's her name miss ingrid 
Miss Ingrid? This is Miss Ingrid. You should ask I'm, her a question. I'm, see if she Ingrid. answers you. Miss Ingrid, here's my question. How are you enjoying the Golden Globe so far? You think you're having a good time at the Golden Globe, Miss Ingrid? That's, that's a solid yes. I need to see the show now. What kind of a dog is it? Can you tell? It looks like a lab to me. Yeah. I'm not sure, but it's a good girl. That's <laughs> a good girl. Just such an incredible moment. Like I can't like you said, I can't believe it's the first time. You know? It's, well, it's been around for so long and yeah, so you would have thought that at some point this yeah. would have happened before, but I guess not. But what a crazy turn in life. Like I don't think she had any aspirations to be an actress. Yeah, why? She was she got her master's degree. I, I want to see in what. Uh, she was incredibly intelligent. Um, she received her master's from Royal Holloway University of London. Okay. <laughs> Small flex. <laughs> Gypsy Rose Blanchard Anderson's husband, Ryan Scott Anderson, opening up about how he proposed with a ring in prison. The couple shared the story of their relationship in the prison confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, from the first time they exchanged words via email to the moment he proposed to Gypsy while she was still behind bars. About four months after the Louisiana teacher visited Gypsy in prison for the first time and they talked for four hours and established a connection, uh, she told Ryan that she was smitten and that's when he knew it was time to propose. He said, so I was like, well, I'm still smitten with you. Uh, I'm in love with her and let's do this thing, basically. Uh, for his third visit to the correctional center uh, where she was serving her sentence, he uh, did not show up empty-handed. He brought the ring, snuck it in by wearing it. Oh, my God. For the third visit, I bought an engagement ring. I brought it in on a chain. Uh, she had her makeup done. She looked cute. I was sitting across from her. Um it's just one of those things. We so have romantic. something special. We have the chemistry. <laughs> I asked her to marry me. Uh, every girl's dream, right? Yeah, every girl's dream. Recalling the moment herself, uh, Gyps, uh, his now wife remembered him saying, Gypsy Blanchard, I love you more than anything I've ever loved. And I would be the happiest man in the world if you would be my wife. Will you marry me? Aww. Mm. <laughs> I mean, hey, like we all deserve love, right? Well, she she ring, we all deserve a happily ever after. So, I mean, she had some extenuating circumstances why she was in prison. So uh -huh. I'll give you that. But if you were in her shoes, would you just be like, just wait until I'm out of prison? Yes. I just no. want to be able to have my nails done. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't think she's worried about those little things. When you're when you're in jail for 10 years, you're not worried about <laughs> the normalcies of things. So you mean to tell me he proposes to her, even if it was through glass or maybe in a private room, and then he probably had to take the ring back, right? Because she can't have that ring in, in no, prison. No, I mean... I mean, you never know. I don't know. It, oh, depend it depends on the level. It depends on saying. the level of... Uh, security, security, I guess. Yeah. More entertainment news on the Fun 107. Fun 107, Michael and Maddie. What a warm day yesterday. It was like 50 yeah, it was something. Weird. It was crazy. Yesterday's weather was all over the place. It was sunny, cloudy, rainbow. You see that rainbow in Fairhaven? Yes, I did. And then it was gone like, like this. And then it was cloudy again. So we're going to have a, a nice day again today. Sunshine, mid-40s. And then tomorrow night, another... A uh, big rainstorm moving through, and we're worried about some more flooding. So be careful right. for that. Guys, I was so tired yesterday on my drive home. I had to pull over and sleep. How far did you make it? Are you it? kidding me? I swear to God. And so when I left here, my GPS said 
about an hour and five, hour and ten to get home. This Washington Bridge thing is killing you. It is killing me. And I managed to get to Providence. And once the tra- once I hit the traffic and I was like stop and go, I was stop and go. I was like falling asleep at the wheel. And I haven't done that in a really long time. That, that used to happen to me a lot when I first started morning radio because I was getting used to the hours. <laughs> but I was genuinely falling asleep. And I was like, I have to pull off. I, I called my husband. I was like, listen, I got to pull off in Providence real quick. I'm going to shut my eyes. I'll see you in a little bit. Two hours later. Stop it. Two hours later. Up. What? It was the deepest sleep I have had in a very long time. Wow, your body needed that, huh? Oh my gosh. I, I pulled off. I had, a, I, had, I had an appointment in Providence, so I was like, I'll take a quick nap. I'll find a Starbucks. I'll do some work. I'll go to the appointment. Two Did you miss hours. the appointment? No, no, no. But I woke up about 45 minutes before the appointment, so I stumbled. On your own or with an alarm? With an alarm. That is that crazy. I, I wonder how long times. you would have uh, slept if it weren't for the alarm. I would have kept sleeping. I was so deeply asleep. I was dreaming, and I woke <laughs> up. Where were you exactly? I, well, I'm like, a, I don't know if I should say. <laughs> were you in like a McDonald's parking I was lot? In a, I was in a Starbucks parking lot, and... I wonder, can you imagine people looking at you? Like, <laughs> look at this one. Gazelle has a photo of me like, sleeping in my car. Um, it's like, look, kids, you don't want to be like this one here. Well, seriously. <laughs> but I was so deeply asleep that I was dreaming, and I woke up, and I had no, idea. I had no <laughs> idea where I was. Like, I, you know, like, when you're that asleep? Yeah. I woke up, I was like, where am I? What time is it? What day is it? And I'm, like, trying to get my stuff together. I literally stumble into Starbucks as if I'm a zombie. They're like, help this woman They're like, somebody get this girl caffeine. It was Sad. so crazy. It was so crazy. Did you not sleep the night before? I slept great. What? Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, it was almost like my body was like, you're done. That's weird. You're done. Pull over. <laughs> I'm hitting the button. I'm hitting the overdrive button. Good night. I mentioned this yesterday. I've got my new, like, I got a fancy sleep app. And so I've been really, like, tuned into this topic lately. Yep. And it's incredible. I got, I get zero, literally zero That's minutes wild. of um, deep sleep. That's wild. So Do you I wonder remember what, your dreams? Always. So that's, yeah, that's not good. No way. Yeah, if you remember your dreams, that means you are waking up in your REM cycle. I have, that has been my life. And you're life. not coming out of it. So I've been living like that my entire life. Because I, I remember my sleep, my dreams always. Interesting. That's a sign that you're waking up in your REM cycle, which I which I found out. But. You gotta get, you gotta get one of these uh, sleep apps. I mean, I guess. What do you mean? You hate it. You don't even I know, like you it. hate it. Well, I hate the results. I don't know what to do now. So, like, okay, I get zero minutes of deep sleep. Now what? Great, yeah. thanks. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I guess. I'm going to be pulling over on the side of the road sleeping, oh I guess. Oh, my God. It was such a wild experience. So, if you see me in a car just passed out. Mind your business. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fun 107, Michael and Maddie going to see some sunshine today and highs up in the mid-40s and looking at a storm. Friday night into Saturday. Do you guys have any phobias? Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't really like 
Like bees. Not a big fan of bees. Scared of bees. FOMO. <laughs> okay. FOMOphobia. The fear of missing out. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's more of like, are you scared of something? Like something that you're terrified of or something that like puts you on edge. Mine used to be making people happy. Now I could just. Pfft. You had a fear, you a fear of fear making of, people happy. Fear of not making, not making, not people, making people happy. Fear happy. of That's letting people down. That's good. The one. Yeah, that, that was a big one That's for fair. a long time. I have a phobia of open ocean being in the middle of open water, I should say. Lakes, get out of here. Ponds, <laughs> absolutely not. You know what? Put me in that category, too. I don't like any natural water. Really? <laughs> not at all. Not even the ocean. Not the ocean, not a lake, not a pond. It's all gross. I like being I like being in the ocean by the shore, and, like, I'll go swim and stuff. But if I'm in on a boat and I, like, fall or fall out or something... Or if I'm like water skiing and I fall off the skis and I'm just sitting there in the open ocean, my one of my biggest fears. You like, would be crushed. So when I, when I went to Jamaica for the very first time, I did that open ocean experience, mm -hmm. twenty five feet down, and you're just looking around. I'm on the ocean floor, just looking around. Like any sharks down there? Who knows? But I thought I was going to be afraid. It was peaceful. I mean, I do, like, I would do the scuba diving. I would mm. do, I did the snorkeling on my honeymoon. It's more of, like, bobbing in the water. Like, half of my body's in the water and, half, like, just, like, just in, like, it's just scary. For me, it's my feet touching weird things below the yeah. water surface. For, that you can't that see. I can't see. That, so, like, I'm okay in the Caribbean because I can see yeah. the, and I'm fine. Yeah. But, like. Like a pond? Yeah, get out of Gross, here. Gross, Oh, man. my God. Like it could never. Like the slime. Oh, God. Get out of here. It's so gross. It's the worst. Even like you go, the, you do the the river canoeing and all that stuff. Yeah, you don't like that? Could never do that. <laughs> oh, man. No I, way. I recently discovered I have a-, a Sea monsters live down there. Yeah, for facts, facts. <laughs> yeah. I recently discovered I have a slight fear of heights in a sense of I start like, I almost get uh, vertigo. So- even at like places like the Providence Place Mall, if I'm on the third floor and I'm walking near the railing, I'll like start to get uneasy. Will the bottom of your feet hurt a little bit? Like they, they have that It'll, weird tingling feeling? Not tingling, but it's almost like I feel like I'm about to fall. Like I'm unsteady. And then when I went to Vegas, we went to the top of the Strat, which is the tallest building in Vegas. And I felt like I was going to fall over. It was the weirdest feeling. Did you go over to the window and put your head right on the window and look down? Oof. Well, it's outside. Uh -oh. oh, man. <laughs> it, almost looks, it almost looks like the Space Needle. Yeah. Yeah. So, a couple of phobias in my life. So, you put something up on our Facebook page <laughs> yeah. this morning? If you have a phobia, I mean, I'm kind of scared to ask people, but what is it? <laughs> Um, Brianna said holes bunched together. That's oh, my favorite one. I forget one so what far. that one is. It's, like... <laughs> it's a texture thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts with a T. I'll have to look it up. But yeah, if you have a phobia, let us know. Like Mikey, mashed potatoes. That's his phobia. Go on the Fun 107 Facebook page. Let us know or call us at 508 994 1071. What is your phobia? 90 second news update from the Chardo Tavern newsroom. It's Phil. 
The New Bedford School Committee has made it official. Andrew O'Leary is New Bedford's permanent superintendent. He'd been serving the district as interim leader, but that changes as of this week thanks to a unanimous vote from the committee. Darcy Ongst, his deputy, also now has permanent duties. They're in charge of roughly 13,000 students. New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell praised the decision, telling the New Bedford Light O'Leary and Ongst have invested a lot into city schools over the years and are the right people for the job. A Fall River businessman facing a bunch of charges for his alleged role in the January 6th riots at the Capitol two years ago now has a trial date. Michael St. Pierre is set to appear in a D.C. courtroom April 15th. The Swansea resident has eight criminal counts against him. He's accused of being part of the effort to stop the certification of the 2020 presidential election. The Herald News reports St. Pierre admitted to the news outlet and other outlets that he participated in the riots but had regrets. Hopefully your weekend plans don't include heading down to East Beach in Westport to take in the views. East Beach Road is nothing pretty to look at at the moment. Following this week's intense stormy weather, rocks and other debris from the shoreline have made their way onto what was the roadway. And that road itself is also cracked and upturned in various spots, making it impassable. We'll keep you posted on plans for that stretch. YouTube is looking to help out in medical emergencies. The streaming giant revealed Wednesday it's teamed up with multiple health organizations, including Mass General Brigham and the American Heart Association. The content includes videos regarding CPR, choking, and other urgent health matters. The move is part of YouTube's initiative to crack down on medical misinformation. In addition, viewers are urged to call 911 before looking up any material. And Girl Scout cookies are on sale again. National Girl Scout cookie season got underway Tuesday, and the organization says this year's theme is Unbox the Future. This year's cookies include classic favorites such as Thin Mints, Samoas, Dosey Doughs, and S'mores. Starting February 16th, customers will be able to get Girl Scout cookies shipped directly to their homes by entering their zip code into the Girl Scout cookie finder. In sports, the Boston Celtics beat the Minnesota Timberwolves last night onto a game with the Milwaukee Bucks tonight at 7.30. And the Boston Bruins play the Vegas Golden Knights tonight at 10. Traffic and weather next. From the Chart Oak Tavern Newsroom, I'm Phil Devitt for Fun 107. Whims and lose control. It is Michael and Maddie. The story of the morning is that Bill Belichick and the Patriots will part ways today. There's going to be a press conference today at noon with Mr. Kraft and Belichick. And to talk about it, ABC6 Sports Director Nick Coit. It's it's something we've been waiting for, Nick. It's not really too much of a surprise for most of us, I think. No, I think you're right, Michael. Uh, I, I think we expected it. Um, interesting that, you know, it was a few days worth of, uh, you know, meeting uh, and talking between the two sides, between Belichick, between the Crafts, uh, but ultimately they land where they land. Um, it sounded like it was heading this direction. At, obviously, after a four and thirteen season, uh, you know these these discussions, these rumblings were going to happen. Uh, we had heard reports, and here we are, Thursday morning. The end of the Bill Belichick era is here after twenty four seasons. And it sounds like it's a conscious uncoupling. A mutual breakup. Yeah, it sounds like it's amicable. Um, sounds like they talked, um, discussed what had happened this year, discussed, okay, what's the best interest of both sides here going forward, and yeah, this this is where, where they landed. Um, you know, this is four seasons without uh, Tom Brady at quarterback, and, you know, Bill Belichick, um, you know, tried to, 
you know, tried to steer the, the franchise in a, in a new direction. Um, and then the last, you know, couple seasons, particularly this one, um, just hasn't uh, gone the way that uh, anyone expected, anyone hoped, as he said, um, as the, you know, the crafts had expected. And so here we are, a new direction. So, Nick, what is he, 15 wins away from Shula? So, I mean, he is not going to stop. I mean, he's not going to stop, uh, I think, shy of breaking Don Shula's record, right? That's the interesting thing here, yeah. So he's he's 15 wins away from breaking the record. Sounds like he still wants to coach, wants to keep going forward. So now you you think about it, what, what kind of interest is he going to get around the league? I expect some teams are going to be talking to him. Uh, where he lands? We'll see. Uh, I'm not sure. There's been rumblings of a lot of different places. Uh, if he were to become available, now he's available. Um, and that's the interesting thing, too, is that, um, you know, this is a, uh, an amicable parting of ways. The two sides, the crafts are, doesn't expect or look like they're going to, uh, you know, seek draft compensation or any of that. They're not making this complicated. It is amicable. Okay, we're moving on. You can move on, find a new team if you like. And, and that's that. But he, he's going to draw some interest here. This is the, the greatest coach of all time. So this is the first time in a quarter century that the Patriots are looking for a new head coach. And so where does that job search begin? And does yesterday's firing of Mike Vrabel, does that factor into any of this? So I don't think it factors into the actual decision here with moving on from Belichick, but... Now, you, he is, I think, at the top of the list in terms of, of options. I think your two options you're going to hear about here immediately are in-house with Gerard Mayo, who the Patriots uh, kept around last offseason, turned down uh, having opportunities around the league to possibly become a head coach to stick around. Um, Patriots made that clear in a press release last year, the same press release where they said we're looking for an offensive coordinator, and they obviously ended up hiring Bill O'Brien, but in that same press release, they said Gerard Mayo is, you know, we're going to extend him and keep him around because we value him. So uh, immediately in-house, he's a candidate. And then, yeah, Mike Rabel becoming, uh, you know, a free agent here, the Titans parting ways with him. Uh, I, I think uh, that's an obvious name, three-time Super Bowl champion, guy that was part of the first wave of the dynasty, had some success, got the Titans to an AFC title game, four consecutive winning seasons. Um, before the last two so um, yeah those are the two names I think that are probably at the top of the list and then from there um, you know we'll see do they look at a young hotshot offensive coordinator somewhere that's sort of in the trend in the league Um, do they look at anybody else that has Patriots ties we'll see but those are the two big names we're talking to ABC6 sports director Nick Coit Uh, the breaking news this morning is that the Patriots and Bill Belichick are parting ways I like how they're going to be having this press conference together uh, Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick today at noon. I think that's a big, big deal because I think that Mr. Kraft had some reservations about pulling the trigger on this because does he really want to be the guy that, you know, loses Tom Brady and then fires Bill Belichick? I think that's a tough position for him to be in, but he knew that he had to move on. Sure, and I've I've heard this, you know, legacy-wise, you know, you don't want to be that guy. And who knows, if, if Bill Belichick lands somewhere that's got a good roster... I expect, I've said it all along to you, Michael, throughout this season, he still had the locker room. He was still coaching well. His defenses were still playing hard for him. Like, he's not slowing down as a head coach. You know, obviously, I think the the parting of ways here is due to some of the personnel decisions and just, you know, what's happened to the roster. So, 
you know, does he go somewhere and then all of a sudden he's winning again? How does that look on, on Robert Kraft? But what's, I, I think they probably boiled it down to what is the, in the best interest of the New England Patriots moving forward. And it's in their best interest to go in a different direction, you know, at that position and not only hire a new head coach, but probably a general manager too. And, and that's going to be interesting to see, okay, do they hire Gerard Mayo with somebody that maybe has worked here in the past? Do they bring in Mike Vrabel with somebody that he works well with as general manager? That's going to be very interesting going forward too. But the crafts agreed that it was in their best interest to go this direction moving forward. What's in the best interest of their family business? And I think that's how they landed on this decision. One more question before we let you go, because I know you're trying to make your way into ABC six, because this is a huge story for you. Um, <laughs> the, the question I have is take us back 25, 24 years when Belichick was the coach of the New York Jets for less than 24 hours and then offered that resignation reportedly on a napkin, right? He wrote it on a napkin. Do you know, has it ever been answered? What was it that, because what an incredible decision he had to make to stay with the Jets or say, no, I'm resigning and I'm going with this Patriots team. The Patriots weren't the Patriots that we know 24 years ago. What was it that made Bill Belichick make that decision because it's a bold decision to give the Jets the Heisman, go across the street and take over the Patriots. What exactly was it? Was it because he was going to be able to run the entire show? He was going to be able to be the GM? I think it was because of, and we were just sort of hinting at it, his relationship with Robert Kraft. He had had a previous relationship because he had been a position coach with defensive backs back in 1996 under Bill Parcells on that coaching staff that brought the Patriots to the Super Bowl against the Packers back then. And so, yeah, I think Robert Kraft was impressed with Bill Belichick. There was a relationship there. And because of that previous relationship, I think Bill Belichick wanted to work for Robert Kraft. They wanted to work together. They wanted to get into business together. And so he felt comfortable doing that. And it worked out for both sides. And I think that's why they've taken their time with this. They've had meetings. They, and I think that's probably why they're, they're amicable in the split because they have been business partners for a long, long time now. And so it is not easy to split with somebody that you've worked pretty well with. You know, six Super Bowl titles, uh, almost 300 wins together. I mean, this is, this is the unprecedented end of a, uh, a great working relationship. And it all started back then. And, so I, I think, you know, obviously it was bold. Writing it on a napkin, I resign as HC of the NYJ. Um, but it, it certainly worked out. And, and Robert Kraft was getting indications from places, you know, you shouldn't get into business with this guy. He wasn't great with the Cleveland Browns, whatever. Well, guess what? It worked out for both sides. And, and here we are. The Patriots had the success that they did. So difficult to make that decision. But, you know, at... At some point, you know, you need to, to find... Sometimes it's just best for both sides to, to find a new direction and, and move on, and that's what's happening. And I think it's just wild here over the past 24 hours that, you know, in, in football, you've got three of the greatest coaches to ever do it now, you know, out of their, their spots where they had a lot of success. Yeah. Pete Carroll out of Seattle, Nick Saban out of Alabama, and now Bill Belichick out in, in New England football. Stein. In, in the pros in college, are, is going to look very different next year. Well, he, you know, as Belichick leaves town, 
Patriots fans should have nothing but adulation for him because he changed this organization to the core. Well said. Well said. And I, I think people can be victim or, or, you know, tied to the moment. Um, but you're right. I think it's great perspective, Michael, because, yes, maybe the last few seasons didn't go the way that you thought. But, you know, Bill Belichick, an unprecedented, you know, run here, you know, the greatest coaching run in the history of the NFL, six championships. Um, yeah, he, he certainly brought a lot to New England and, and the partnership between he and Tom Brady and Robert Kraft. Uh, very, very special here over the past two decades plus. All right, Nick, go get on TV. Will do. We Sounds appreciate Thanks, the update guys. so much this morning. It's Nick Coyne from ABC6 on Fun One on 107, Michael and Maddie. I don't know where you found this picture of uh, Bill Belichick, Maddie, but... I will never tell. It's him smiling. Hot, Thumbs up. Hot take. He was looking at me. <laughs> so uh, we have uh, up on Fun 107's Facebook page this morning. Thank you, Coach. 24 years at the Patriots' helm, of course, uh, Bill Belichick. And the Patriots parting ways. Uh, it is official, and they'll have a press conference with both both Mr. Kraft and Bill Belichick today at noon in Foxborough. So we're looking for your immediate reaction to the news this morning. You wake up, you, you hear the news. What do you think? Matt, Mark Patnod says Bill's going to pull a Brady and go to another team and win a Super Bowl. He is. It's going to happen. Not out of the realm of possibility. Nope. Brady would, you know... Brady went to a team that needed had everything but a quarterback, and then they won. So if Bill goes to a, a team maybe like the Cowboys, everything but a great <laughs> coach, and takes over. And whoa, 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 whoa. It could really work who, out. Who's in the playoffs this year? <laughs> That's what I thought. Um, Kirsten, I love this one. I will miss his stimulating press conferences. Facts, though. <laughs> That's I, good. They, it's kind of fun to watch him, you know. Because you're like, ah, what is he going to do? What are you yeah. going to say? It's, it's, gonna be, it's hard to imagine Bill, you know, beating up on another press corps other than the Boston media. Mm -hmm. um, so it's coming to some other town. Poor souls. Whether it's Atlanta or Carolina, whatever. Um, Bernie, I'm so sad to see him go. Uh, Jeremy says, goat. That's my thought. So what Solid. do you think? 508-994-1071, your reaction to the news this morning. Or put those reactions up on the Fun 107 Facebook page. 826, Phil's going to look at the headlines. The New Bedford School Committee has made it official. Andrew O'Leary is New Bedford's permanent superintendent. He'd been serving the district as interim leader, but that changes as of this week thanks to a unanimous vote from the committee. Darcy Ongst, his deputy, also now has permanent duties. They're in charge of roughly 13,000 students. New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell praised the decision, telling the New Bedford Light, O'Leary and Ongst have invested a lot into city schools over the years and are the right people for the job. A Fall River businessman facing a bunch of charges for his alleged role in the January 6th riots at the Capitol two years ago now has a trial date. Michael St. Pierre is set to appear in a D.C. courtroom April 15th. The Swansea resident has eight criminal counts against him. He's accused of being part of the effort to stop the certification of the 2020 presidential election. The Herald News reports St. Pierre admitted to the news outlet and other outlets that he participated in the riots but had regrets. 
Hopefully your weekend plans don't include heading down to East Beach in Westport to take in the views. East Beach Road is nothing pretty to look at at the moment. Following this week's intense stormy weather, rocks and other debris from the shoreline have made their way onto what was the roadway. And that road itself is also cracked and upturned in various spots, making it impassable. We'll keep you posted on plans for that stretch. YouTube is looking to help out in medical emergencies. The streaming giant revealed Wednesday it's teamed up with multiple health organizations, including Mass General Brigham and the American Heart Association. The content includes videos regarding CPR, choking, and other urgent health matters. The move is part of YouTube's initiative to crack down on medical misinformation. In addition, viewers are urged to call 911 before looking up any material. And Girl Scout cookies are on sale again. National Girl Scout cookie season got underway Tuesday, and the organization says this year's theme is Unbox the Future. This year's cookies include classic favorites such as Thin Mints, Samoas, Dosey Doughs, and S'mores. Starting February 16th, customers will be able to get Girl Scout cookies shipped directly to their homes by entering their zip code into the Girl Scout cookie finder. In sports, the Boston Celtics beat the Minnesota Timberwolves last night onto a game with the Milwaukee Bucks tonight at 7.30. And the Boston Bruins play the Vegas Golden Knights tonight at 10. Traffic and weather next. From the Chart Oak Tavern Newsroom, I'm Phil Devitt for Fun. They're going to appear and give a joint press conference uh, and announce that Bill Belichick and the Patriots have parted ways. And I think one of the things that I'm going to miss most about the Belichick era and... You know, you mentioned this earlier, Maddie, the press conferences. Yeah. is just... Stimula- invigorating. <laughs> stimulating. Giving zero nuggets about it's, what it's anybody giving, thinks. I don't care. Um, just amazing. And what's funny about it is his predecessor, Bill Parcells, you know, it was the, Parcells was the guy who gave Belichick his real first big shot. And so he's like one of his disciples. Parcells was the exact opposite, like a showman. <laughs> oh, that's like, funny. I didn't his, know that. His press conferences were like must-watch television <laughs> because he was so flamboyant with the, his answers. That's great. Uh, and then you've got Belichick, who's just so deadpan. You said Sean Lee visited you as a kid in Cleveland, or did I miss that when you were talking about yeah. What was that connection? Were you on snap face there when we were talking about that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's a Pittsburgh guy, you know, friend of a friend kind of thing. Coach, do you think the fans have a right to know about what happened to with Chandler on Sunday? Yeah, I've already covered this. You guys told him what you need to build on something like that. You just think, okay, it was a medical situation. We don't try and find out. I've already covered it. <laughs> Amazing. Specific to Chandler, how much will what happened affect your usage, you know, the way you use him in, in the game against the Chiefs, what, what happened on Sunday with him? Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Just epic. I would love for somebody to hook him up to like a machine that shows his pulse. Like 35. So unbothered <laughs> yeah. by life. So funny. Like clearly, you know, there are NFL rules that force head coaches to do these press clearly, conferences. Yeah. And he just is like, I am just absolutely doing the bare yep. minimum to to fill the requirement to check the box. Yep. And I don't care. There was a viral moment where somebody was like, I'm only here so I don't get sued. What is that? Do you remember that? Yeah, that was a player. I can't remember which one it was. was a player, okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was a coach or a player. One of my favorite Belichick moments, though, as we you know see Bill leaving town, 
um, is this was in a football life. They did a spotlight on on Bill Belichick, and I highly recommend if you know if you're a Patriots fan for sure. But even if you're not, like it, it really shows you behind the scenes of who the man is. And from by all accounts, surprisingly, you're going to be shocked to hear this. The players that I've talked to, all to a T, say he is a riot. He is funny, a funny guy that makes people you know makes people laugh away from the cameras. But anyway, the, the, in the football life special, uh, Bill Belichick is talking about. Uh, now this is a, this guy's arguably a genius, really. Like he went to some fancy schools. He's had an incredible run as an NFL coach. Couldn't figure out how to change the clock in his car after daylight savings time ended. You know what really pissed me off is what's been like, what, a week, maybe two weeks since daylight savings time. And I can't, like, I, I don't, can't change the clock in my car. Oh, I, I had to call you know, the dealer. I call the dealer the first time I had it. I can't, you I'd know. call the dealer. Like, you hit menu, you hit information, you hit, like, whatever the... Is there you got to go through the freaking computer now. You can't and, just... You know, and it, there should be something that you would say would be, like, clock. <laughs> but I'll be damned if I can find it. <laughs> That's amazing. And then it shows him in the car, like, trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really funny. Just... There's no clock setting. <laughs> this is amazing. This is something out of Curb Your Enthusiasm just, or something. Or The Office. Or The Office. And he's just baffled. He just walks into it's like, well, walks into Gillette Stadium, the stadium he basically built. Another day with the wrong clock. <laughs> fun, one, fun 107. Michael and Maddie get some, some clouds out there this morning. We'll see a little bit of sunshine by this afternoon and highs up in the mid-40s. I went to that hot pot yesterday. The Hungry hungry Pot, Hot Pot. I don't know. It's the longest... The Hungry Pot. It's the longest name in a restaurant I've ever seen. What, it used to be the uh, Asian Bistro place? Azuma. Azuma. That's what it was. Now it's Hungry Pot, Korean Barbecue, and Hot Pot. <laughs> that's a mouthful. And it really is. It's all you can eat. And when I tell you all you can eat, oh... I love a good place where you get your money's worth. <laughs> I do. All day long. I went yesterday, and I'm, I'm glad I went with some some veterans because these guys, my two buddies I went with, this is their fifth time going. They love this place. They can't get enough of it. I will be honest with you. I'm going to give you an honest review. It's not for everybody. Okay? Michael, don't even step in, foot in it. Okay? <laughs> it's not, it's What's not so for everybody. What's so different about it? It's just, it's, they give you the meat raw. So whether it's so if anything, Michael, you like the chicken. I think that's it. Maybe the beef, and that's it. Other than that, they got a lot of like exotic fish and and you know squid things like that that yeah. I know for a fact you won't eat. Um, the thing is though, if you're going in there for the first time and you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna get lost and you might not like it. It might turn you away. So what I did is I actually, for you, I compiled a a guide, a how to because it's it's very intricate. It is. And I think that's the only downfall about this place is that there's a lot going on. You cook your own on. food? You do. Really? And somebody had mentioned, well, why am I going to pay to go out well, and you don't have to cook clean it myself? Up. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't have to clean it. It's an experience. It's an experience, it's yeah. It's an interactive experience. Now, so is this one of these places where you sit at a table and in the middle of the table is the grill? That is correct. Okay. So it's like a hibachi So thing? it looks like a, a mini hibachi grill. Uh, if, if, if it's what I'm thinking of, yeah, it, it's somewhat. It's okay. a concave. So, so there's like a there's a similar. 
place like this in Providence, but it's like a mini hibachi grill, and you cook your own stuff. I like that. Yeah. Um, Giselle, what's this? So this is cool. So that that's the that's the it, burner. It is a burner. So it's on every like side table. Everybody gets a burner. Wow. Yeah. Which uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. It seems a little dangerous. It does because you rest your arms in the wrong place. <laughs> Correct. Well, I'm gonna, sure they warn you. Wake you right? up a little bit. They, they do, but you're constantly you're not putting your arms down. Um, <laughs> the, Their the insurance policy must be incredible. Through the roof. Honestly, there are two things when you go in there that I, this is what confused me. You either do the barbecue or the hot pot. Now, the hot pot is where the burners come into play. They give you a, a, a pot of broth of your choice. It's like seven broths. And when I tell you, it comes to a boil within 20 seconds, not even. These burners are serious business. I can't believe this is safe. That I know. I know. <laughs> and uh, so they, they, you you get an iPad. Like no kids. No. Well, I mean, you could bring the kids. There, there were kids there. There were. But like maybe. Control your kids. Control the kids. <laughs> just control your kids. Them. It's an unforgivable mistake. Hot. Though. Hot. Don't touch hot. <laughs> the pot is hot. Don't touch. Okay. So you, you get the broth, and then they, they sorry, I went back one more sec. There's a lot to it. I'm trying to make it easy. You start with a tablet, okay, and you order on the tablet what you want. All right, I want the chicken. I want the squid. I want the quail eggs. I want this, this, that, you name it. And then you hit send, and they come over like this, and they give you all the plates. So they'll bring you over raw quail legs. They will. They will. Okay, and it looks like it looks like this kind of this is this is uh, chicken and beef and whatnot. I got some veggies, some zucchini, and then from there, if you got the pot itself, you put it in the broth and you let it just you know cook in there, and it soaks up the juices of the broth and the flavors, and then you just you eat it. That's the hot pot. Now the barbecue, that's the thing in the but middle. But who of determines the, when it's cooked? You. You do. I know. Trust it's shady me. Shady too, like <laughs> a little bit. I mean, you could be. Well, you, you can't. You don't trust yourself to cook. Well, I just think, like from a like a health standpoint, like a board of health standpoint, they would have to have it so that they can only serve cooked meat. Well, yeah. I'm sure there's disclaimers somewhere on the menu. Yeah, possibly. But, I, I mean, they have to to save their behinds. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot to. But you know what? It's fun. And what I loved about it the most, I remember ordering the first wave. Of food and be like, wow, that's all right. The food it goes quick. Don't order a lot at once. Just order a couple of things. Try it out. You can order as many times as you want on that tablet. If you want more, you know, chicken, more beef, just go back in and they come right over. They're constantly switching out the uh, the, the little grill that you you're cooking on. They're constantly re-upping on your broth because you know that'll burn off eventually. What kind of food is this? It's Korean. Korean Asian cuisine, yeah, yep, it's definitely different. I'm I'm gonna say if you're curious, yes, go for it. Is it spicy? You can make it as spicy as you want. I like that. There's um. So what people don't know that they were complaining about, you have to go up to the sauce station. The sauce station, you make your own. When I tell you there are 20, 30 sauces, I don't even know what they were. <laughs> I was just mixing them together, and then you, you find your own palate, and it's it's fun. <laughs> it's fun, you know. All right, but. Here's the takeaway. When you leave that place, you stink. <laughs> what? All the steam ends up on your clothes. I went home. I changed from head to toe. Not a bad thing. You just, you smell like food. 
So just right. be beware. If, you, if you're going out for lunch there and then you got like a business meeting afterwards, <laughs> maybe bring a change of clothes. Okay. But uh, yeah, I got, I got the full, Good the tips. ultimate guide. All the tips you're going to need. These are honest tips. Like you're not <laughs> holding back. Here. I'm not holding back. Go read the article that Gazelle wrote up on fun107.com. 